Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hey, friendo, Steve here. Hey, Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw Countout. It's our own Going In Raw's own list show. Except there's none of the clever editing and production and stuff that other channels do. It's just, it's podcast form. So, ideally, if you're on a commute or you're at a job where uh, it's mindless stuff in a cubicle somewhere, you can listen to us and you don't have to look at the, the 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 comedy bits on the screen. You just listen to our smooth voices. Yeah, we're we're perfectly content just being background noise. <laughs> Ideally, we're background noise. That's sort of what we aim. You know, to heck, be. if 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 we run into any sort of limitations with this going in raw name, maybe we could change the name of our show to background noise, Steve. Hey, there you go. I like this. Is there a wrestling uh, phrase for like background noise? <sighs> The cool-down match. Anyways, mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, of course, this this goes back weeks. And here's the thing. If I reference these latest name changes in the WWE, certainly if you're watching this weeks after its release, there will be even more name changes. However, uh, at this point... Literally, just yesterday from the point of us filming this, uh, we saw the in-ring debut of Axiom, who used to be a kid. And also on that episode of NXT 2.0, we had the new identities of the formerly known as Grizzled Young Veterans. Uh, Instead of James Drake and Zach Gibson, they're now Jagger Reed and Rip Fowler. And they got uh, so, some new configurations of facial hair. Mm-hmm. In Zach Gibson's case, it completely deletion of yeah, his of all hair, all gone, gone. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but here's the thing: for reasons fairly obvious, mainly to do with the business aspect of things, uh, WWE they love changing names. They do. You know, it's Vince's toy box, and if he wants to change some of his toys, which is a terrible metaphor, uh, if he wants to change some of their names and identities. I guess that he could do that, right? Yeah, I suppose. I mean, if if he thinks he's doing it to benefit the business, that is uh, his prerogative. I would I would guess. Um, you know, in certain circumstances, the case could be made that uh, wrestlers who have built up a, a, a large enough following, a strong enough brand upon coming to main roster, there could be benefit in keeping their name, just licensing that name, and uh, it, it, like they did with AJ Styles. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, another thing about the changing of the names, what we've seen recently with a lot of wrestlers who have been released by WWE, they kind of take their WWE name to change it a little bit. It's not Aleister mm-hmm. Black. He's Malachi Black. Malachi. It's not Buddy Murphy. It's Buddy Matthews. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and so while they're not using the same exact name they had in WWE, they're still using an aspect of their WWE name uh, uh, for their own benefit. So 
there is a way around kind of the idea that Vince is changing all these names so they own the IP, but yet wrestlers, when they get released or leave the company, they're still kind of capitalizing on what they did there using part of the name elsewhere. Well, it's an interesting point that you bring up, and I don't want to get too far off from what our central purpose of today is, and that's to count down the top 10 worst name changes WWE's had. Um, But you make an interesting point in that sometimes, or at this point with wrestlers, because it's so commonplace for them to, by necessity, change their name when they leave WWE or they're released or or they they walk away from their contract or expiring contract or whatever, whatever the case is, and they, they have to change their name, it gives them an opportunity to be noticed. Hey, this person's no longer going by this. Now, what are they going to be known as? Because that's whatever on everybody's mind. Oh, they're going to be, and then they make a little short film. Like Ruby Soho did it perfectly, mm-hmm. um, going from Ruby Riot. Uh, and when she went out on uh, away from WWE, she did that really wonderful like short film series where it sort of revealed, in a way, uh, her new name, Ruby Soho. And uh, Malachi Black did the same thing. Uh, and it's, and in, in his case, instead of going back to Tommy End, which they still referenced on his AEW debut, he had morphed into this new character, an evolution from his WWE one. Yes. And so I do appreciate that a lot of these wrestlers um, can get very creative once they leave WWE, and it really benefits them going down the line. It's a punctuation. It's a definitive statement. This is now who I am. Mm-hmm. And it might help them get a little bit of a better start. As opposed to maybe if they were allowed to carry their name from WWE elsewhere, which we haven't really seen anywhere. I mean, sometimes that's happened. If certain trademarks lapse, they can do that if they want to, perhaps. Um, but in any event, WWE's changed a lot of names. Yes. And uh, they're gonna a lot of them. change a lot more. <laughs> and they're going to change a lot more. And a lot of them are really, really bad. And so we thought it would be fun to go and uh, look at the 10 worst and then take a look at some of these honorable mentions. There we go. Well. I was going to ask, do you want to do honorable mentions first or wait till the end? We can wait till the oh, end. Oh, we'll wait till the end. Yeah, Very yeah. well. Uh, so let's get started. Number 10. 10. Gunther. So on January 13th of this year, WWE filed a trademark for the name Gunther Stark, uh, which by happenstance also happened to be the name of a Nazi U-boat commander. That, that, that made news in itself. Uh, January 18th, 2022, uh, Walter, uh, a popular uh, character in uh, NXT UK, the longest running champion there. I think I think he, Roman will probably break it, but I think he still stands like in the modern history, the, the yeah, longest running. Because his reign was like 800 days, wasn't it? It was like 800 days or something yeah. like that. So he showed up in NXT and he announced to the world that he wasn't Walter anymore. He was now Gunther. Now, thankfully, WWE dropped Stark from his name, but it still came as a shock that given the massive amount of success he had had, the brand he had developed for himself, Walter still got a new name. And he had kind of an explanation for it on the next episode of NXT, or at least they tried to explain it. Yeah. He said this, the name I'm known as all over the world, the name my parents gave me in honor of our family patriarch, my grandfather, the man who introduced me to this great sport. But now it's time to leave the past behind and guide Imperium into the future. Uh, Standing on my own two feet with my own identity. It is time. It's the dawn of a new time for Imperium. We're closing the door to the past and opening the door to a whole new future. A whole new age. It's going to be a future led by this man. A man who will spread pain and fear throughout the entire WWE. Gunther. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, um, Walter addressed the name change in an interview with Wrestling Inc. This is what he had to say. Quote, if it would be the other way around, if it would be Gunther before and Walter now, it would have been the same uproar. A lot of people react negatively to change. Change is normal in life and it's part of it, and we have to go with it. Yeah, yeah. You know, man, there's, there's, I will say this. These wrestlers understand more than we do that this is a business. And I haven't really seen, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of them, but usually with with good reason wrestlers are pretty diplomatic about name changes uh the one thing about walter also is that he has gone on he has undergone a significant physical change he is in phenomenal shape and uh and so i think the name change for him while shocking 
at first, um, it, it's been interesting to see him morph into what is sort of, I don't know necessarily want to call it a new character, but certainly there are aspects of it that feel fresh and different from the Walter we knew before. I'm glad, I'm grateful that Vince loves the chops. He still focuses on the chops. I'm uh, incredibly happy that he showed up on main roster and instead of being some sort of comedy act, he is the top of the mid card. He is the intercontinental champion. He's uh, bringing some amount of prestige and importance to that title all under the Gunther name. Um, and so I think those are things that anybody should, any fan of Walter should be really happy about. And as far as the name change, it was shocking at first, but I've gotten used to it and I'm, I'm totally cool with it. I, I still have a hard time not referring to him as Walter, as you could tell, because uh, I'll, I'll, I'll still say his name all the time. Walter. Um, you, you, that's a choice, though. No, <laughs> that's it, a, that's it, a choice it is a choice, part. but for me, it's like I know him so well as Walter that I haven't gotten to the habit of 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 Gunther yet. Partially because, yeah, when we write notes for the show, I put I still put Walter in there. Anyways, um, so around the same time that he got the uh, the name change, we also saw Butch. We'll talk more yeah. about Butch later. Um, uh, got a name change, of course, Pete Dunn, um, and both shocking um and and thankfully in walter gunther's scenario the only real change in terms of the overall presentation the most substantial change was the name otherwise he's still walter you know and at least there's that it's just he a name looks, change it's not a looks it's like, like a different person oh no he's in, he he's a, he's looks a, like a completely different well person i want to say now. a completely different person but he's in fantastic shape yes um there's that, but I'm just saying in terms of his overall presentation, as you said, they didn't make him a comedy act, you know. Uh, they kept him with Marcel Bartel. Um, they still have that dynamic. It's different, but they're still together. Um, a lot of what we uh, 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 saw of Walter in NXT UK, and for a little bit he was NXT, has more or less made it to main roster, and that's usually not the case for a lot of other call-ups. It's generally the point I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's not like they try to make make it seem like he's a different person, which yeah. they've done several times as well. Yes. A couple times on this. Uh, well, I, I maybe on this list. I don't know. We'll get to those, I guess. Mainly, they're just like, yeah, well, we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think in terms of, uh, I'm, I'm glad that he's here at number 10 because he he's absolutely right. If his name was Gunther before, and then they changed him to Walter, yeah, arguably the uproar would have been bigger because Walter comes. I mean, it just in a vacuum, Walter comes off as more of a I don't know. It's, not when I, it's like where's Waldo guy? You know, it's like it's just it's not that intimidating a name. Gunther has a little bit more sh uh, sting to it. Yeah, um, but that was part so, of Walter's uh, so, yeah. Walter's thing was you know he has his name's Walter, but he's like an absolute destroyer in the ring. Yeah, right. That's part of the thing about about Walter. Well, yeah, I don't know if I ever took his name ironically, to be honest with you. But uh, but anyways, uh, so I'm you know the the Gunther thing. They've treated him really good. Vince seems to really like him. I'm fine with this one. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. 
But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Uh, let's move on. Number nine. Nine. Do drop. Yes. This one's absolutely terrible. Yeah, it's not a good name. So Piper Niven made her main roster debut from NXT UK on the June 14th, 2021 edition of Monday Night Raw um, as Eva Marie's unnamed mentee. I wasn't mm. sure if mentee was a word. I looked it up. It is. Oh, yeah. The following week in a backstage segment, Eva Marie, uh, as Piper is about to say her name, she's about to say Piper Niven, Eva Marie says, you're Dewdrop. And then uh, you can tell right then Piper's not happy about it. Uh, by that year, SummerSlam, uh, uh, Dewdrop, so a matter of a couple months later, Dewdrop was already feuding with Eva Marie and managed to make the Dewdrop name her thing, you know? Um, in an interview with Sportskeeda, Dewdrop spoke about the name change. This is what she said, quote, Admittedly, I was skeptical at first, but for me, I feel like things are only a problem if you view them as such. And although it took me a lot of time to get used to it, I can completely and I can completely relate to everyone's thoughts. For me, it was like it is what it is. Let's just lean in and see where it goes. And as soon as I started to accept it and learn more, I lean more into it. The stuff just started to get better. Earlier, I was like, I don't know what to do. And you could just say I wasn't into where into it. Whereas now, I just come out and I'm living my life. And I think when you have a good time, the fans have a better time because they're feeding off your energy. That sounds like she's not into it. <laughs> that sounds like, you know, like Walter, he seemed like he didn't really give a shit. It's interesting just how much Walter sort of went back on what we had heard he yeah. wouldn't do, leaving Europe. Uh, I mean, I, I have no idea, you know, what he ever thought about his own body. But uh, God damn it, he looks amazing. Yeah. But in this case, when I read this quote, I, I hear somebody who still isn't really into this name. I mean, she went from Viper to Piper Niven and then to Dewdrop. Um, this one, I thought I, I thought that there was a good story to be had mm -hmm. for her coming back around to a name that wasn't goofy as fuck. Dewdrop, it's not a good name. It's not it's, a good name. It's uh, not. It's not. No, it's not. I agree. But again, it's one of those situations where that's her name. Kind of gotten used to it at this point. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not writing her name. I've, I'm not thinking about Piper Niven at all. I just, I see her. I think Dewdrop, and that's just because. I mean, I don't know. At a certain point, I just get used to it. I'm like, yeah, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. Like I thought Tommy N was like the greatest name, and then when it was Alistair Black, I was like, ah, that's kind of bunk. And then I loved it. After a while, I got, I got really used to it. Uh, Dewdrop is one that. I mean, I don't cringe when I hear it. I just think of it, and I'm like, God, that was such a terrible name. It was such a bad name, and. Like, I understand the philosophy behind a story where somebody gets named something ridiculous and they take ownership of it. Mm -hmm. There's some validity to that for yeah. sure. Yeah. But not in this case. I mean, it's like, isn't there a line somewhere? Isn't there a limit? Like, if, if, if you're my mentee and I'm like, hey, here's my new mentee, and then you start to say Larson, and instead I say dipshit, it's not like you're going to say, Oh man, I just beat Steve in a match. I'm taking ownership. I'm dipshit. You know what I mean? Like, well, I mean, in Vince McMahon's I, mind, I would. not that far away from dipshit. <laughs> but in Vince McMahon's mind, someone would do that. Is do you think it, is, is that the case? Maybe I don't. Well, know. I would guess so because that's the story they tried to tell. Yeah, Dewdrop is not. It's not a good name. It's not as bad. Look, it's not as bad as dipshit. <laughs> but it's not the most flattering name in the world. It's not a good I name. I think there, there was a spell I think it might have worked a little bit more for me when she was like a good guy who was winning a lot. Mm -hmm. Like when she was – when because there was a short period of time she was dominating. Mm -hmm. And then uh, they made her a bad guy and then she would just – you know, she was just the impressive victory for other people to get. Yeah, or she's uh, a, a part of the team where our, our next name on this list uh, usually takes the pins. 
All right, let's talk about that one. Number eight. Eight. Nikki A-S-H, which stands for, as you know, almost a superhero. So, so I'll say this. So yeah. uh, I believe it was Rosie used to be Rosie superhero in training, which, of course, was mm. Rosie. Shit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Pretty bad, so we'll too. Yeah, we'll start with that. So Nikki Cross debuted this new character. On the June 21st, 2021 edition of Raw, dressing up in a superhero outfit and dropping a backstage promo where she talks about finding a spark inside of herself. We all share a spark, the same spirit to win. She added that as of that night, she represents all of us and then her new ring gear embodies what we all have inside of us, our spirit. The following week, Nikki mentions that she feels like she's an aspiring superhero. She's not quite a superhero. She's almost a superhero which led to her new name, Nikki A.S.H. Uh, a couple weeks after the debut of her new character, Nikki spoke about its genesis in an interview with WWE Espanol's El Brunch de WWE. These transcripts come to you via Inside the Ropes. She said this, the idea started to form right about the Royal Rumble. For me, I've always taken a lot of inspiration, a lot of comfort, a lot of escapism from superhero movies and superhero TV shows in Scotland as a little girl. I would always watch the X-Men cartoon, the Spider-Man cartoons, for me, I really wanted to come up with something that was really inspirational to little girls and boys and something that has a very positive message. To me, the whole message is that I don't have superhero superpowers. I don't have super speed, super strength. I can't fly, unfortunately. But it's so you don't need superhero superpowers to be a superhero. You can be a superhero by being good to people, to be kind. Always try to look out for others. Stand up for those in need. To me, that's the really important message of this. We can always be better. We can always try to do better. Uh, the idea is I put on this cape, I put the mask on, I put the outfit on, I can try anything. I really want that message. That's the message of almost a superhero. I'm so excited. I'm so proud of everything. The butterfly in the outfit represents this metamorphosis, this transformation, and the lightning bolts around the butterfly. That's my spark. Now, if they had told this story the way it should have been told, I don't think she's on this list. I think I part of it is the name by itself is a great Eh, there's probably you could probably come up with something better, but if they'd actually told uh, the story that she's talking about here, it would have been awesome. And and well, and, and yeah. having a uh, kind of a so-so name, well, that's just that's just kind of part of this overall story that actually ended up being really good. Unfortunately, they didn't do that. Well, the the problem is WWE they'll set something up and they won't follow through with it. You and I both talked about that mm -hmm. a lot. Mm -hmm. And part of that is their insistence on the dynamic possibilities of a name change. Nikki A.S.H., what does she say? I can't fly, I don't have super speed, super strength. I'm almost a superhero. But you can become a superhero by doing good things, by being kind, by being compassionate. Originally, she was a babyface. Mm-hmm. So if she had followed through with this, if they had allowed her to follow through with a story where she evolves into a superhero and eventually graduates beyond Nikki A.S.H. Yeah. into whatever her superhero name would be. Yeah. But it's so awkward, just just aesthetically speaking, or I guess uh, vernacularly speaking, it's so awkward of a term. It really is. Nikki A.S.H. When I saw it first, I was like, oh, Nikki Ash. Yeah. Which is kind of, which would actually be kind of cool because from the ashes of her prior persona yeah, yeah. comes all this sense. phoenix, you yeah, know? it made all the sense, yeah. And, uh, but no, it was N Nikki A.S.H., which is just a horrible thing to say. It doesn't roll off the tongue mm -mm. and it gets you thinking, what the, why? Mm -hmm. Like what, That's it's the ugliest turn of phrase. Mm -hmm. And there was no evolution to that. And now she doesn't even have the benefit of being like, of, of doing the, hey, I can be, I can send this positive message. I could be kind. Now she's a bad guy. I know. Like they they completely tore away any idea that like of of the original idea of this character. Um so beyond the, the name just being terrible, it's just because they set these things up, they implement them, and then they don't think three-dimensionally. They don't think like of how to evolve things. No. no they, they just don't. everybody in WWE they get set up and then they're they're placed in this static, you know, form. Where well yeah now you got a match with with Dewdrop now yeah. you got to now you do this you I mean, try to fight just, Charlotte and Charlotte's not gonna lose yeah it's not just in terms of character developments terms in, in terms of their storytelling kind of in a macro sense as well how many times have we seen 
just as last episode of Raw. It's just kind of the same thing over and over and over again, you know? Yeah. Their their attitude towards character development and, and storytelling by and large is you have match with this person, you two do the same thing for a week, match happens, uh, then do more stuff repetitively, another match, more stuff repetitively, another match, and then you move on to your separate ways. It's yeah. like they have the instigating incident, which leads to a match, but there's mm-hmm. not a whole lot of dynamic movement yeah. in terms of character yeah. story that happens in between those two moments. And so a lot of the stories of WB just feel kind of hollow. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because, because I mean, we, we just see really this with SummerSlam. And turns, yeah. No, we just saw it. See, it's a SummerSlam. Again, we got Brock and Roman again. Why? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Why? Instead of building somebody else up, tell a new story with Roman. Yeah. Uh, you know. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and you had alluded to it earlier, and we, we sort of alluded to it as well. The, the her entire and we've talked about this endlessly, so I don't really want to reiterate it. But yeah. like the actual story of her, you know, achieving her goal of becoming a superhero. Well, she cashed in the opportunist to cash in, which wasn't great, but people liked it, and she won the title. But it was never, it was never in our minds. They never gave us the idea that she could legitimately, like you know, hold on to this title mm-hmm. and defend it against names like Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually, you know, the bloom came off, and and they just relegated her to what she's doing now, which is sort of on the border of the twenty four seven division, and perhaps you know the women's tag titles if they bring that back because she's a, in a tag team with Dewdrop. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's it's an absolute shame, uh, and and honestly, it is one of the more baffling ball drops by WWE because doesn't it seem obvious that like she could have sold merchandise hand over fist to kids. You want a new ambassador for kids? It's Nikki ASH. It was right there. It was right there. You tell this story and you're selling those shirts hand over fist. Mm-hmm. The, that's the craziest thing to me yeah, that they didn't take advantage I know. of. It blows my mind that they couldn't figure that out at all. At all. Yeah. Uh, here's another thing they couldn't figure out. Number seven. Seven. Retribution. Steve, I'm going to speak for us here. And I think, cause I think we'd agree that one of the absolute lowest, lowest points in terms of storytelling and performance center era WB was the birth of retribution. Do you remember mere hours before the August 3rd, 2020 edition of raw WB on W.com announced a new faction is going to debut that night. And we're like, what? you don't usually announce that. You just let it happen. Yeah. It's yeah. And then, just, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Unless your 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 storytelling is creatively inert, and then I guess you have to do this. So, anyways, in, in the release, uh, press release or the announcement that a new faction was debuting, they said, "quote The superstars comprised of this faction have yet to be revealed because they hadn't figured it out yet." Yeah. But rumblings around the W Performance Center say that the group is out is out to cause chaos and shake up the organization's structure. So all we saw of that faction that night was some flickering lights. And then some really bad security camera footage of some masked individuals setting fire to a power generator. Mm-hmm, yeah. Really sh- stirring things up. Right. Yeah. On the following SmackDown, that same faction, it was probably completely different people, mm-hmm. um, attacked the ringside area. Uh, it even took a chainsaw to the ropes. Mm-hmm. Like if you hear, oh, someone brought a chainsaw in and they're, they're cutting the ropes down. Well, that could be neat. It was the opposite of neat. It, it was not compelling in the least. Of course, and you have, it wasn't helped by Kevin Dunn's direction of all the zooms in and out. Oh, God, it was so bad. It was awful. It was awful. So it was more or less more of the same until September 21st episode of Raw when Retribution's members were likely decided on and thus revealed. <laughs> yeah, they right. were NXT stars Dominic Dijakovic, Shane Thorne, Dio Madden, Mercedes Martinez, and Mia Yim, but they were all given really bad mass and even worse names. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dijakovic's now T-Bar T-Bar Shane Thorne Slapjack Dio Madden Mace uh, Mercedes Martinez Retaliation and Mia Yim was reckoning Mercedes Martinez did this for like two weeks and says Mm-mm, not doing it yeah she got out Re- of there reports are she she rejected this and was like I don't want to do this yeah um, so uh, not to be you know look I try to keep things honest around here uh, Slapjack and Mace I'll be honest those are kind of cool names Slapjack's a better name than Shane Thorne, in my opinion. I think Slapjack's a cool name. Mace is a cool name, too. Dio Madden's a really cool name. But yeah, Mace Dio is Madden cool. is a cool name. It's a cool name. But Mace is a cool name, too. And especially mm. now that he's Marseille. Oh, well, that's, that's keep, different. Keep it honest, Larson. Keep I, it honest. Well, part of it is name along with storyline and gimmick. You know? 
In a vacuum, I'm saying Slapjack's kind of a cool name. No, I don't like Slapjack. Slapjack's not a cool name. Reminds Mace, me of a, Mace is all right. Yeah. Like if, if it was Mace Slapjack. Something. If it was that's Mace something. For like lunch today. Yeah, I know. That's what I think of when I hear Slapjack. I think Flapjack's pancakes. Not a cool name. If you Mace have, Madden. Yeah, that's cool. I'll, I'll, I'll be cool with that. Right. Anyways. Uh, and then pretty much the lone highlight of Retribution's entire run happened October 5th on Raw when it was revealed that Mustafa Ali was the leader of the group. And Ali, man, he tried his best to make he really did. Retribution something, to make it interesting. WB's creative uh, uh, events wanted nothing of it, just seemingly booked them into the ground. You have this group that's there, uh, you know, their, 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 their manifesto, if you will, is we're, we've been overlooked. We're going to shake things up. Mm-hmm. And then they lose all the time. Mm-hmm. And they don't actually do anything that seems like they're actually going to shake anything up. You know, and you have somebody like Mustafa Ali, and they had all the ingredients, and you you know he was alluding to this stuff, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, they were sort of the the limbo members of NXT who, you know, they were kind of called up, they weren't called up, but then they did. And so the idea probably was supposed to be from his point of view, um, you know, we are the people who don't have a real place in WWE, so we're going to make a place for ourselves. So they would talk about, oh, they've been signed to a contract now. This really could have been, given the players involved, because they're all incredibly talented mm-hmm. wrestlers, um, this really could have been something more akin to a more talented version of the Nexus. If you recall, the Nexus had, well, Rosser was in that group. He's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it took him a while, I think, to find his footing. Um, Wade Barrett was obviously a really great talent that they yeah. sort of wasted, yeah. and, and he had some injury issues. Yeah. But beyond that, like I think Ryback was in Nexus. Mm-hmm. Like Daniel Bryan got he got fired from it after he tried to choke Justin Roberts. After he did choke Justin Roberts. Um, but by and large, like Heath was in it. Mm-hmm. But retribution across the board. Super talented, yeah. Super talented. And, you know, may, part of the idea, you could even take it to T-Bar. It's a terrible name. Well, what does WWE do? What are we talking about here? They give terrible names. So you can make a meta comment on that. And they even did, Mustafa yeah. Ali did like a, a video on his own on social media where he sort of explained oh, it was that on it was bit. on Raw Talk. It was on Raw Talk. I have oh, okay. It, it was he on was, Raw Talk. Yeah, okay. on uh, November second. So uh, he said, "Let me tell you why the members of Retribution look the way they look, have the names they have. Imagine being judged by your name. Imagine being mocked because of how you look. Now imagine a guy named Mustafa Ali that gave the members of Retribution names and mass so they could feel what he feels, so that they too can be judged by their names and how they look. It's a crazy concept, isn't it?" It's 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 a it's a wonderfully creative explanation for this stuff. Yep. But it went. No, they never featured that aspect of I'm, it on TV. I'm just guessing. And that's the thing, is they would just show up. They would maybe cause some destruction. They would lose whatever match they had. Yeah. And then Ali would go on Raw talk and try to make it interesting. Because I'm. Yeah. I don't know for sure. I'm guessing he was on Raw talk, thought of this idea, and just did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. That, that seemed to be a lot of the raw talk stuff. Yeah, as opposed um, to as opposed to someone from creative or Vince or producer saying, "All right, this I don't know the dynamic there," telling him, "Oh, this is what you can talk about." Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the, there were there were the ingredients here for something interesting. Even the name Retribution is a cool name, um, but everything else, like the way it was introduced, what just what, the way it was introduced buried it. Yep, it absolutely buried it. And then what do you need? You need wins. You, you you can only go so far on the moral victory thing, where oh the good the good guy gets the win, but you prove a point by beating the shit yeah. out of him instead. You can only take that so far. Eventually, you need wins. Mustafa Ali needed a belt. Maybe they could have had the tag team titles. I don't know. They could have been a real sort of disease that infected the WWE, and instead, uh, it was goofy. What if they had Just done this? Goofy. What if they had done this? They brought up all the members of Retribution and gave them these terrible names. Without, you know, kind of concurrently with this Retribution group yeah, right. shaking things up. And then when they reveal Ali is the leader, then they also reveal that all these people from NXT with these awful names got called up, are, are yeah. part of it too. Dude, that's... There's that's a build a, there, you know? That's a good idea. There's any number of like, if you just put a little effort into it and I know. you see it through, you know, it, it doesn't have to consume your main event scene. You know, you can you can do some cool stuff with it. I mean, I'm reminded of uh, 
Mustafa Ali and Mansoor when they had their team up. Mm -hmm. And for a couple months there, it was really cool stuff. And they didn't really, you know, they didn't make it a big deal or anything. Oh, like they, they had didn't. their they had their seven minutes and they hit a hit a home run every time. Yeah, exactly. And it was an it was it was a highlight during an era when Raw was crap. But you could have done the same thing with Retribution. Mm -hmm. You know, you give it ten minutes on a three hour show, and it could have been to give them some wins against some scrubs and get them to the mid card title somehow. And people, and then and then the group falls apart. They turn on them, you know. And you have a story there that you don't need titles for. You can have wins against jobbers or lower level guys, and 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 make them feel like somewhat of a threat. And 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 they just don't do that shit. It's, no, they it's don't. Vince gets bored, and it's yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's dive into this one. This is an interesting one. Number six, six, Michael McGillicuddy. So, of course, this was the son of WWE Hall of Famer, Mr. Perfect. Joe Hennig signed with WWE in September of 2008 and spent his first couple of years with the company using his family's name in WWE's developmental promotion, FCW. On the July 15th, 2010 edition of FCW, Hennig got a new name, Michael McGillicuddy. McGillicuddy made his main roster debut in late 2010, later joined the Nexus, we talked about them already, and eventually became tag champs with David Otunga. Uh, Hennig talked about how he got his name in an interview with Extreme Pro Wrestling Show in 2012. Said the story I've heard was they were on Vince's jet and they were talking about it. It all comes down to intellectual property. They want to own the rights to your name. They were coming up with new names for guys. There was Husky Harris. There was another guy and there was me, Michael McGillicuddy. So get this. Vince said, I want to have a guy with a strong Irish name. I've always wanted to name a guy Michael McGillicuddy. It's a strong Irish name. And apparently uh, Joey Styles, who at the time worked for WWE.com, said, are you serious? Michael McGillicuddy? Oh, my God. It's Mr. Perfect's son. Uh, he says, uh, the way I look at it now, I think when I got brought up to the main roster on NXT and all that, I was still a little green at the time. They didn't want me to have to live up to the standard of a Hall of Fame father. They wanted to have me just be myself and try to get over by myself and do this on my own without having to have that pressure put on me and live in the shadows with people trying to compare me to my grandfather and my father. It's been frustrating at times, and I've questioned why and all of that stuff, but I think I've done a pretty good job of dealing with it and doing it myself anyway. If they ever do go back and change my name to Joe Hennig, that would mean the world to me. I think that this is actually a blessing in disguise having me be my own self, not having to do all my dad's old moves, not having to look and act like my father, do my own thing. That's all I really wanted when I started in this profession is to do my own thing, and prove that it's not only a name that gets you over in this business, it's the talent, your background, and where you come from. Like I said, it's a blessing in disguise. When I do get back to my real name, I think it's an explosion waiting to happen. Uh, of course, he uh, he had like a he had um he, had a he did get a name too, change. He? Yes, he was Curtis Axel. Curtis Axel. And in the uh, <laughs> like, when, wait, when Paul know. Heyman uh, uh, announced him with his new name, they made reference to his father. Of course, his father's first name was mm -hmm. Kurt. Um, yeah, right. His grandfather, Larry, was known as the Axe. Yeah. Put those two things together. Even that is way better. Way better than Michael McGillicuddy. Michael if he had debuted as Curtis Axel, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a good-sounding name. It's a generational thing, too. It was a solid name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely it is. Um, yeah, it's, it's a bummer. They did give him a shot. You know, they put Heyman with him when he debuted that name, the Curtis Axel name. And mm -hmm. I thought that was his best shot. Uh, at you know singles, at a singles run, he definitely had his dad's sense of humor because mm -hmm. once he was with Sandow, and uh, he was doing kind of a semi comedy thing, the Axelmania stuff, yeah, semi comedy. It was a comedy. It was thing. a comedy gimmick, yeah. It was, but he was really good at it. Yeah, he was. Um, now I don't know, you know, obviously before his dad even got to WWF, he had a long run in AWA mm -hmm. and was a terrific professional wrestler. Yep. Um, maybe that element didn't necessarily uh, uh, stick with Joe Hennig. Um, he's a producer now with WWE, so who knows if he ever could have been on the same level or, or seen in the same regards as the kind of wrestler that his dad was. Um, and maybe that alone would have been a really difficult thing to overcome um, if you want to reference, because if you are the dad of, of Kurt Hennig, that, those, are some, those are some really big shoes to fill. They are. 
They are. Um, so, but but being saddled with that name, and you could you could read in this interview, you can read these quotes and say this is not a man who's confident going out there with that name. Exactly. The name is a lot, man. It really is. It really is. It really is. It really is. Let's uh, move on here. Number five. Five. Shorty G. So, uh, do you remember this, Steve? Summer, 2019. I believe we're in the midst of the King of the Ring tournament. Pre-COVID, get, a wonderful time. Yeah, we get various superstars, such as Samoa Joe, Barry Corbin, just really going after Chad Gable and making fun of him because he's shorter than they are. It's awful. It was awful. So, following a loss in the finals of the King of the Ring tournament to Corbin, uh, Gable then faced him in a rematch at that year's Hell in a Cell, and before the bout, Corbin insisted that the ring announcer refer to Gable as Shorty Gable. Mm-hmm. So Gable got the win that night, uh, and then a couple weeks later, he debuted his new name and gimmick, and this had been trademarked, I know, I think like a few weeks in advance. Yeah. Shorty G. Yeah, and whenever they trademark something, everybody starts, oh, who's this going to be? I know, I know. Especially be, when it's bad. They're like, oh, gosh, who's going to be stuck with this name? So yeah. WrestlingNews.co reported that Vince gave Gable the Shorty G name because he thought it would help the former Olympian mm-hmm. get over with the crowd, stating, quote, uh, this is what uh, WrestlingNews.co said, it was noted to us that McMahon had Kurt Angle doing comedy early in his run because he felt that that, that was something missing with him. And it's the same reason why Gable was given the Shorty G gimmick last year. Before we get to uh, Gable talking about the name in a Sports Illustrated interview, I think what Gable's doing now mm-hmm. is much more analogous, comparable to what Kurt Angle was doing then. I agree, yeah. Uh, the Shorty G stuff, in, in, in the sense of uh, the only similarity it has with what Kurt Angle was doing is that is, in theory, a comedy thing. There's nothing else in common. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree. The thing about Kurt Angle is that underneath it all, they always emphasize this guy was a badass. Yes. Like, and that was sort of therein lied the com- the comedic element. He was a badass who had loads of personality and can make you laugh. But once he got in the ring, oh, my God. All business. All business. All business. Um, the difference is they didn't allow uh, uh, Gable to emphasize the fact that he is a killer wrestler. Mm-hmm. And they ne- and we've never really seen that. We kind of see that a little bit, like you said. Now they they do allow him to emphasize his wrestling a bit more. Yeah. Um, especially with the Alpha Academy stuff, the whole basis of that is, hey, I'm a master at this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, when it's the Shorty G stuff, it's number one, he didn't win a lot. Nope. And number two, it's just tall people picking on a short guy. That doesn't inspire any intimidation. That doesn't say say to me this guy's a threat. He's just a loser who gets picked on. Yeah. So in an interview with Sports Sales Trade, October 2019, Chad Gable uh, seemed to embrace the gimmick, stating, quote, a lot of people look at WWE as a wrestling company, but at the end of the day, it's an entertainment company. I had to learn that, too. I'm one of the people who fell in love with wrestling because of the athleticism, but that's the only, not the only part of what we do here. WWE entertains. The key is to take advantage when given the opportunity. Right before I went out last night to do the Shorty G promo, Bruce Pritchard told me to make it my own and feel it. That promo, I felt it very deeply. The hype thing is a message about overcoming whatever people believe are your shortcomings. Everybody can identify with that. That's an area Chad Gable up to this point had been missing. Now you know what he stands for and what he means. Last Friday was the very first step in that process, and it's only going to get bigger. Uh, He talks about Vince as well. He says, Vince is someone who has helped me a lot. He started giving me ideas and explained why a lot of my really serious ideas weren't working. I started to understand his vision, and now I'm off and running with this new character. I'm going to have a great time with it. I can't wait to sink my teeth into it. Maybe one of the reasons why his serious stuff wasn't working is because he wasn't winning matches. You know, a guy who is sort of of the same stature, a little bit, I think he's probably a little taller, but also a killer wrestler who could manage the comedy and the serious stuff was, was Daniel Bryan, Bryan mm-hmm. Danielson. Mm-hmm. And he was never sort of... You, you always got the feeling with him that this dude could win matches, you know? And that's what it boils down to. If you could believe a guy could win matches, mm-hmm. then you can buy into the comedy stuff. But if they are, if they don't have that pattern of being a winner established, they just come off like a chump. Even now, mm-hmm. if Alpha Academy loses a match, who eats the pin? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's still yeah, Chad it's Gable. Gable. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, he he does do he does do terrific work with anything he he's given. He does. I mean, we've seen with the, him being sort of on the fringe of the Ezekiel Kevin Owens stuff uh, a couple months ago or whatever over the past couple months rather. Um, and hopefully he'll get back into something. But I would love I would actually love to see Chad Gable go to if he ever found himself on the outside of the WWE. You know, if he's happy there, I hope he stays there. Mm-hmm. But to see him interact. In New Japan, oh wow! Putting on those kind of matches, but re- retaining the the kind of semi comedic mm-hmm. uh, thing he's got going now with those characters could be a ton oh, of it fun. would be awesome. It would a be ton awesome. of fun. Awesome. Uh, let's move on. Number four, four, the Viking Experience. Uh, let's see. What's what, what is okay? Yeah, this deserves to be at number four. At one point, when I had when I conceived this list, this was number one. This is really bad. It's really <laughs> this bad. This is so bad. So, uh, as you guys know or may not know, may know War Machine was the original name for Viking Raiders, or now they're the yeah they're the Viking Raiders. Uh, War Machine had a hell of a run in Ring of Honor in New Japan, and the hopes were really high when they signed with NXT in early 2018. They debuted in the black and gold brand as the War Raiders, which is a really cool name. And it made sense because there could be trademark issues with Marvel's War Machine. And also there was an MMA fighter uh, named War Machine who had some domestic abuse uh, issues. Um, But at least they got to keep the names that they used prior individually, Hanson and Rowe. When they debuted on the main roster in April of 2019, they debuted with brand new names, Eric and Ivar, and... Uh, a new group name, the Viking Experience, which, my God, is one of the worst names I'd ever heard. It sounds like a Disney ride. It does. And it's, this is the Raw After Mania, I believe, 2019. Yeah. Everybody is anticipated, or anticipating huge debuts. Yeah. And, and War Machine, War Raiders, get that opportunity. This is their huge debut with the main roster, WWE. Monday Night Raw. Early in the show, too, if my memory is, is, is yeah. correct. And then they get renamed the Viking Experience, mm-hmm. and and I feel awful for them because I'm sure they go on social media afterwards, maybe not. I don't know if they're social media people to see what people are saying about their debut, and everybody is talking about what an awful name it Just is. Just dumping all over it. At least it didn't last long. By the by, the time of next week they were the Viking Raiders. The finisher was called Viking Experience. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Dave Meltzer talked about this a little bit. He says Vince just wanted to change the name, that's all. He didn't like War Raiders, and he wanted to change the name. That's all there is to it. There's no other reason. Vince just on the day of the show on Monday decided he didn't like the name and told them to come up with a new one. At one point, the duo was slated to be billed as the Berserkers. I'll be honest, that's not a terrible name. But changed it as they moved closer to debuting. I mean, the thing about the Viking Raiders that I still have a problem with is it's just too literal. It's just too. It's it really like is. okay, you're Vikings and you're and you're raiding. I know you're Viking Raiders. I know, I know. The more they Berserker, lean into the Berserker's Viking aspect cool, of their, man. well, yeah, the more they lean into the the Viking aspect, the more, it's just they'll take us so literally. Yeah, yeah. They'll take us so literally. A, it's a very WWE thing to do, though. Oh, it is. They they yeah. distill your character down to one thing. Mm-hmm. Like in Bob Roos' right. instance, it was his theme song. <laughs> you know, yeah. his character was yeah. his theme song. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. I don't. Uh, we've seen historically speaking, by and large, WWE doesn't really uh, place a high value on complex no. uh, uh, characters. No, usually really it's don't. one thing. <laughs> it's just one thing. It's Bob Roos' theme song. Uh, let's move on. Number three. Three. Akeem, the African Dream. So. Sure, his his gimmick was kind of generic badass, but the name One Man Gang was an awesome name. Hell yeah! That that's is an that awesome name. Big dude who could kill anybody. One Man Gang, great that's name. Great. Plus the initials OMG. That's great. yeah, that's great. Oh my god! And while uh, One Man Gang had brief brushes with the main event, uh, he did lose matches to top uh, the card guys like Hogan and Macho Man. He kind of find it, found himself wallowing in the mid-card by the middle of 1988. Then in September of that year, Slick, his manager, announced that his client, one-man gang, was actually African. Mm-hmm. He was looking to re-embrace his roots. So on the September 24th, 1988 edition of WWE Superstars, Mean Gene walked into this graffiti-covered back alley. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, he was told that he was supposed to be going to the deepest, darkest part of Africa, Mm-hmm. 
and he's there anticipating Slick to debut a new talent. So Slick mm-hmm. walks in. Uh, he says, Gene, I can't bring you to Africa, but I can bring Africa to you. And I promise that one of the most startling transformations in pro wrestling history is about to take place, and a ceremony begins. Outcome, I don't know, uh, six, eight dancers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. How would, how would you best describe <laughs> what they were wearing? Well, you, you, you have it written down properly here. Right. They look like it was some... some so I'll put it this way. It's sort of um, mid-80s, not well-educated or thought-out version of what you would think perhaps would be African tribal garb. Yes. Uh, and then with a big burst of flame, Akeem the African Dream appears. And there's just one-man gang wearing some like African sort of attire. And, uh, and probably, more horrifically, uh, speaking in uh, what would appear to be sort of a parody of a, of a, of a black man's voice, <sighs> yeah, and then and he would dance, uh, and when he's in the ring, uh, make no mistake, this was racist as fuck. Yes, it was. This was like, this was racist as fuck. <laughs> like this is it's it's horrifying that uh, <laughs> that they ever thought it was acceptable to do something like this. I mean, look, man, there was plenty there was plenty of racism on on the TV. And the movies back in the eighties, but even considering that, this was pretty shocking. It was, <laughs> this, and then, this and was then, pretty shocking. And then watching this this vignette back mm-hmm. was damn shocking. So it was uh, startling. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, it was really startling. So during an interview with Hannibal TV, uh, George Gray, the man who portrayed both One Man Gang and Akeem, uh, talked about the genesis of the character. Apparently, uh, Slick was the first person who uh, told him anything about it. Uh, then Vince asked him if he could dance. Mm-hmm. And then George Gray says, no, I cannot. Yeah. Uh, then he was finally told about the whole idea of the gimmick. Uh, Vince told him, because you know he had a mohawk at the time, Vince told him to stop cutting his hair. He was flown to New York to get fitted for his, his new gear. Mm-hmm. But apparently after that initial vignette, he was given no direction for the character. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Well, it's a horrific stereotype. I'm not sure how much direction he can really be given. <laughs> and I was like, what do you want? Come on. I mean, the whole thing honestly feels like, uh, I don't know. It feels like a, it, it feels kind of like, it feels like a rib. It feels like a, a, a more horrific version of what they did with Dusty Rhodes. You know, give him a bunch of, you know, uh, polka dots. You know, this dude's a legend. They give him a bunch of polka dots. Um, this seems like something they, Vince came up with when they were all sitting around his pool, like getting drunk or something like that. Uh, it, it's really bad, um, and uh, it makes every list of like WWE's most offensive gimmicks. It's usually really high on those yes. lists, to be yes. honest with you. Um, but uh, but yeah, a, an absolute shame um, that that this one. I mean, yeah, there, there's 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 nothing really. I mean, hopefully, hopefully, uh, uh, George made a lot of money off it. You know, maybe. Uh, but I mean, that's all you can kind of say, you know, maybe it kept some people employed. Who knows? Uh, anyways, let's move on. Number two, two beaver cleavage. So, uh, of course the headbangers were an already former tag. were already former tag champions. One, one half of the team thrasher went down with a knee injury in May of 1999. Shortly after the other half of the headbangers, Mosh redebuted with a new gimmick beaver cleavage. Taking some obvious inspiration from Leave It to Beaver, Mosh starred with his quote-unquote mother, Miss Cleavage, in a series of vignettes that featured all sorts of nasty sexual innuendo. So it was, like, supposed to be... I mean, honestly, like, this sort of came off as, like, a PG... So, like, they didn't show anything. It was like it was like a, a porn parody of, of Leave It to Beaver. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it was, you know. But mm-hmm. then, the, obviously, WWE, they're not going to show any actual sex. No, but, like, um, all the scenes otherwise that would set up... Those scenes were, was what they showed. Exactly. Right. Yes. Yes. Exactly right. So while the idea for the character and the vignettes were from the mind of guess who? Vince Russo. Vince Russo. Bruce Pritchard mentioned on an episode of Something to Wrestle that he's partially to blame for the gimmick. Pritchard mentions that he once saw Mosh's driver's license and made a comment that you look like Beaver Cleaver. And from that moment on, he would call Mosh the Beave backstage, which led to everybody calling him the Beave. The gimmick didn't last long. Mosh, now dubbed Chaz, 
dropped a shoot-style promo talking shit about the Beaver Cleavage character and declared that his mom was actually his girlfriend, Mariana. However, this storyline ended up going in another terrible direction because on the uh, September 13th, 99 episode of Raw, Mariana came to the ring with a black eye and WWE started a domestic violence story with her, Chaz, and later, Thrasher. You know, uh, this, this could be uh, one of several storylines that you can bring up when someone says, oh, Attitude Era, just the best. <laughs> you know? I there don't was... even remember that. Oh, I remember all this. Do you? I remember yeah. the Beaver Cleavage stuff. I don't yeah. remember the, uh, the 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 domestic yeah. abuse stuff. Yeah, I remember Ugh. that. Yeah. God damn. Yeah. Maybe yep. I did. Was it, was it, it was just really awkward, wasn't it? Yeah, of course it was. It was very uncomfortable. Yeah, it was very awkward and uncomfortable. Yeah, that sounds bad. It was bad. This is, you know, they they would try these 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 salacious things to grab headlines, mm-hmm. and then I, I either someone rightly would say yeah. this is awful, and they yeah. would move on, they get away from it, move on to something else. In this scenario, they moved on to something else that was also bad, um, uh, or, or I, I don't know what the genesis or the you know the, the the discussion is backstage when they run something like the Beaver Cleavage segments for a few weeks, mm-hmm. like. Who comes to their senses that this is you know, awful? There, there's something to be said, like t- taking the domestic abuse stuff. Uh, there's no room for that. There's no place for that. But the idea of a person who gets stuck in their own childhood, who gets stuck in in, in time metaphorically, uh, spiritually, I guess, there's something to be said for a story that you could tell with that. And you could use the sort of... you. Know, you could use kind of the, the visual metaphor of an old sitcom... To you know, it's kind of like, and I'm. This is just because it comes to the top of my head. Although we like to joke about the idea that Apollo Cruz is a time traveler, that's just a representation of how he feels coming back to NXT. He knows everybody's next move because he's been there already. It's a meta. It's a visual metaphor they're using, and I think the idea that they could have had Beaver Cleaver, uh, or Beaver. I'm sorry, Beaver Cleavage. Uh, as some sort of uh, visual metaphor for a man child, you know, uh, who doesn't understand um, how to how to move on from maybe a tag team that was champion. And by that time, by 99, they were completely irrelevant. Like the New Age Outlaws um, had come a- yeah. had come along and sort of filled, I think, the space that they were supposed to have. If you take a look at the nature of like their yeah, characters, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and I think there's something to be said for that. But of course, it's Vince Russo, so it's just trash. And it's just like we said earlier, more akin to a Beaver Cleaver, Leave it to Beaver porn parody without the porno. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, one thing history has taught us is that you can't expect WB to treat uh, any storyline that requires nuance, subtlety. You're right, subtlety, yeah. With those things. Mm-hmm, yeah. Because they don't do that for the most part, you know? Yeah. As I, as I said earlier, it's usually just one thing. Mm-hmm. And they hammer that one thing home repeatedly. Yeah. Yeah. Porn parody was this one thing. Yeah, seemingly. Uh, let's move on to number one. One. Kerwin White. <sighs> so, <laughs> on the July 4th, 2005 edition of Monday Night Raw, Chavo Guerrero debuted a, a new character. Uh, he stated that he was denouncing his heritage. He had dyed his hair blonde, started wearing khakis, button-up shirts, sweaters, usually kind of, you know, over the shoulders. And he started coming to the ring driving a golf cart. Um, he had some theme music that sounded kind of like, you know, like a Sinatra, Dean Martin type tune. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, Nikki from the Spirit Squad, of course, we now know him as Dolph Ziggler, became his caddy. The world. Yeah. Um, and, and Chavo, uh, you know, he was, he was Kerwin White. Until uh, uh, Eddie Guerrero passed away November 2005. So during an interview with Chris Van Vliet, Chavo talked about how he found out uh, that he was going to be Kerwin White pretty much. These transcripts come to you from 4-1 Mania. This is what Chavo had to say. Quote, there was no conversation. I got off the plane in Japan and it was, I came to Raw and I had Vince uh, looks at me and goes, well, hello, Kerwin. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. Is this The Undertaker? Yep. And I'm like, okay, what is this? What's going on? Uh, 
Vince, is, I guess he does Vince voice. Well, today you're going to denounce your Hispanic heritage and you're become a white guy. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha, ha. Chavo says, I had two options. You either say no and possibly go back on the back burner for a while and get fired, or you say, all right, let's do it. At, and at the time, the political climate was different. I literally told Vince. I had a meeting with him, and I said, uh, if we're going to do this, let's do it right. Uh, Chavo continues, I'm supposed to be a brown guy playing a white guy, saying this is how you white guys are, and they're saying no. So I had the Hispanics hating me because I was denouncing my Mexican heritage. Uh, I had the, the whites hating me because I was making fun of them. They're like, that's not how we dress. I'm like, oh, yes, you do. Yeah. <sighs> That's, it's, it's, it's just not, it's, man, it's just, I don't know. I don't even know what to say about this one. There's no, like, there's no, there's no taking this and being like, oh, you know, there's something to be said for, this is just crap. It is crap. <laughs> because it just, it just comes from Vince. Guess what you're going to do today, pal? Fucking what? I know. I know. Yeah, that's, that's whack. That's it just, is. That's just whack. It is. That's what um, that is. Yes. Yes. Very much so, Steve. <laughs> Very much so. This was a period of time when I was not watching a whole lot of wrestling and uh, hearing about this. I'm really happy I was. I was. Wa- I was watching at the time. I remember seeing this. I remember seeing this and being like, "What a fucking shame." I. I, I remember because I was. I don't know what year, what year was this. 2005. Okay. Yeah. 2005. So uh, I was. Uh, what was I? I was like 28 or something like that. Mm-hmm. 27 and, or 27. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've been 26. I wasn't 27 yet. And I would have been watching this. And even at, at 26, 27 years old, I'd have been like, this is crap. Like, this is horribly like this dude doesn't want to be doing this shit, you know? So yeah. Kerwin white. Wow. I mean, it's, it'd be one, it would be one thing if it was like Chavo came up with it and he decided to, you know, do some racial, some, some, uh, uh commentary, on you know relations between you know uh, society and and Hispanic culture et cetera et cetera, but again that this this is coming this is coming from Vince McMahon, who already has issues with racism in the first place. Yes, so you know it's gonna be crap. Uh, so anyways, that's gonna do it. Oh, let's talk about honorable mentions. Oh yeah, let's talk about honorable mentions. So uh, we got a, 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 a short list. There's plenty of names you could add, and if uh, you think of a name that we don't mention, please mention it in the comments. Absolutely. Um, because there's plenty of contenders for bad names WWE have given yeah. uh, people. Uh, I mentioned Butch earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, Butch could have easily made this list. Um, Pete Dunn's credit to his talent that he's made it. He's made it his own, mm-hmm. and he's made the character work for what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm wearing a Pete Dunn shirt. I'm a massive yeah. Pete Dunn fan. I'd love to see Pete Dunn actually have matches with. Uh, a lot of the, the great talent that would be main roster. We're not getting that now. Uh, but maybe someday we will. Yeah. If the, to me, it's sort of a top, like if, if I was in a debate mood, I might've asked to put Butch at number 10. Oh yeah. Instead of, instead of Gunther, I think it could be either. Like you can make yeah, a case for both definitely. because Butch was originally kind of like, he was supposed to be Pete Dunn, but he knew Seamus. And at this point it just feels like he wasn't even ever Pete Dunn. Um, like in the canon of WWE, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was yeah. just a guy that, that Seamus and Ridge used to know. Um, he has gotten that gimmick over. He is very entertaining as Butch, but I'd rather him see. Uh, would I rather see Pete Dunne in, in good storylines, or even with Seamus and Ridge, but as as Pete Dunne and not like as crazy? Butch has some very entertaining elements to him. He's it's not my first choice for Pete Dunne. But uh, so I don't know. I, I might I might say this is actually worse than Gunther because they have so drastically changed his character to that one thing, as you like to say, petulant child. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah. And then just the name Butch itself is like, what? Yeah. Yeah. There there was some real there was a period of time when it was like, oh, my God, you're ruining everything. And know, like Pete Dunn like. being Butch was like one of them. Uh, of course, the ringmaster. Stone Cold Steve Austin, the ringmaster. Not a good name. Terrible name. You got him coming in from ECW where he's kind of, he revitalized his career, doing some awesome promos. And you have him come in with a terrible name like ringmaster and then put him with Ted DiBiase to do the talking. None of it made any sense. I mean, the ringmaster is arguably better than the other names that came up for him when he was uh, going with a new Jelly character. McFreeze. 
Freeze McFang or whatever it was. Yeah, right. Yeah. Terrible, terrible. Uh, let's talk about meat. Meat. That was uh, Sean Stasiak's name for a bit. Was just meat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't even know what to say about that one. <laughs> like maybe it's good. Maybe if he was wildly over, meat could be cool. Sometimes isn't it kind of like just the uh, this next one? I'll actually take issue with. I'm kind of surprised this is on the list. Cassius Ono. Kind of dig that name, dude. I kind of. I'll be honest with you. I like that name better than Chris Hero. Oh no! Oh no! That's a good name, man. Come it's a on. good theme. It's a good Cassius. Theme. Cash is a cool name. All right, you can take it off the album mention list if you want. <laughs> uh, this one here, Braun Breaker. Yeah, it fits him so perfectly, though. Eh. <laughs> it was like it, the thing about Braun Breaker is he's a Steiner. Why yeah, isn't he Braun Steiner? I know, and uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I know, I know, and they do everything. Everything to remind you that he's a Steiner, other than let well, him his use his dad name. was on the show. I know. <laughs> yeah, they I know. do. Yeah, they do. Braun, yeah, Braun Steiner, yeah. Uh, and then of course uh, we can't leave out the one name gang, not the one man gang, the one name gang of Rusev, Cesaro, Murphy, Riddle, Andrade, Theory, Champa. I'm sure we're probably leaving some out. Yeah, yeah. There's but, a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, Angel. Uh, is it Angel Garza? Angel, Angel Garza. I think it's just, is it Carrillo? Did they get rid of Umberto Carrillo? He's got one name Carrillo? now. Is it just Umberto? I don't remember. Yeah, don't I remember don't which, which, which one. Oh, I'm exhausted talking about all these terrible names, Larson. Yes, so if you guys come up with any other terrible names, let us know in the comments below. Thanks for watching. We appreciate it. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today.